Welcome to this week's episode of Brokering Lifestyle. I'm your guide and host, Connie Dornan of Ad Properties Christie's International Real Estate. I've been selling homes for nearly 20 years, and I am the top producing real estate broker in my market. I just don't broker homes, I am brokering a lifestyle and helping people build financial strength. Thank you, everyone, for joining me on this week's episode of Brokering Lifestyle. Today, I have Allison Jane joining me. She is a psychotherapist, EFT practitioner, mom of two boys, and author of a new book titled Find Love Again, Learn to Date Like a Goddess. It's a dating guide for midlife women that use a technique called EFT tapping to clear fears about dating. Thank you, Allison, for being here today. Thank you for having me. I'm excited to be here. Great. Now, a little bit, a little something that you don't know, Allison. I am a goddess. I keep telling my husband that I'm a goddess. He doesn't believe me, but I really am. Just joking, people. <laughs> I would actually say, of course you are, because we all have an inner goddess waiting to be brought out. <laughs> oh, I love you. All right. So, Allison, why don't you explain to the listeners out there what EFT stands for and how it works? Sure. So EFT stands for Emotional Freedom Technique, and it is a technique whereby you use your fingertips to tap on your own acupressure points, specific acupressure points on your body. You tap them in the same order every time. Not that the order is all that important. It just helps you remember it quickly to gain that muscle memory. But what is important is that what happens when you stimulate these particular acupressure endpoints is that it sends a calming signal to the amygdala, the fight or flight center of your brain, and it shuts it off. And so it turns off the emotion centers in our brain and allows us to re-engage our frontal lobe, which is the executive functioning center of our brain where we have our good like logic, reason, judgment, all that stuff. And so we think more clearly And we're using that higher part of our brain and we typically will make better decisions. And also it can extinguish high emotions like fear or resentment, anger, all those things. It clears it out very quickly and it's a tool literally at your own fingertips that anyone can use any time of the day. Now, I know that your book discusses about finding love again. It's more of a dating guide. However, your techniques, I think, are transferable to other parts of and other situations in people's lives, like even finding a home. And sometimes I feel that clients might be just too myopic and looking maybe in just one area uh, and not opening the possibilities to other areas or maybe a certain type of house that they're looking at, but there are other types of homes that would really suit their needs, but they're just not open to it. Would you say that EFT would help with that possibility? Absolutely. Overall, EFT is actually a stress management tool, but the way it works is because it clears our subconscious blocks. So our subconscious blocks are things like strong emotions, And a lot of times the strong emotion in the present might be tied to some kind of childhood wound from our past. And it also helps us clear out limiting beliefs, things that we feel are true, absolute. And a lot of times those are just things that were created from events in our past. So for instance, if you feel like I could never live in a high rise building 
that might be because when you were a little kid, you went somewhere, you know, you went to the Sears Tower and you looked down and you got scared. Yeah. And you don't even really realize, your conscious adult brain doesn't even really realize that that subconscious fear is embedded in there. There's a difference in our memories between um, sensory memories and autobiographical memories. Mm -hmm. Sensory memories are, if I say to you, cafeteria lunchroom. Does a smell come to your nose? Yeah. Yeah, it does. That's a sensory yeah. memory, right. right? Our cafeteria. Of stale French fries. <laughs> right. And very not, cold, terrible hamburgers. Yeah. It's not a very yeah. good smell, right? No, not but at all. But almost everyone can, can yeah. relate to that. So that's a sensory memory. You didn't think, I remember being in my cafeteria and this happened. You just had that instant hit, that instant sensory experience. And so sensory memories are tricky because we don't often know them and we're not really aware of them, but they can really limit us in our decision making in life. So if you have a sensory memory of a fear of heights or even just a vague sense that, uh, or um, I know when I was a kid, I had a fear of elevators, right? So oh. something like that. And it was literally from a bad dream I had about an elevator. It wasn't yeah. an actual experience, but I would have never been able to look at high-rise buildings. Right. What's really cool about EFT tapping is you can tap on the limiting belief or the big emotion, and it will shift. What it actually does is collapses the neural pathway mm -hmm. that says, you know, high-rises are bad, and it creates a new neural pathway and opens you up. So, for example, I know in the suburbs a lot, people kind of get fixated on, I have to be in this little area. You right, know, I know right. I had that for me. I had yeah. to live. I couldn't live west of Shermer. There was no way I could live west of Shermer. And it just felt like a little too far for me commute wise. But once I really tapped and cleared, because I actually found a house I loved west of Shermer, and I yeah. cleared what is this block? It's probably only adding three to four minutes to my commute. Right. So why was I so fixated on that? And once I tapped and I cleared that rigid rigid thinking away, I was able to open up to, hmm. actually, this house is the perfect house. It hits everything else on the list. And three to four minutes isn't that big of a deal. You know, I think I need some of your EFT training because after I saw the movie Snakes on Planes, <laughs> I'm telling you, each time I go on a plane, I'm looking for the snakes. <laughs> I know it's stupid, but I like, I'm like, is there a snake that someone bring one on? Right. No, that's, I mean, it's very powerful technique for phobias yeah, and things right. like that. Yeah. You yeah. Know? Oh, yeah absolutely. And then, so tell me this, when you're going through a divorce and you're looking for a home, what is the best way to look for a home and take the emotion out of it? Because, you know, death, divorce, and moving, those are the three largest stressors in a person's life. And you're going through a divorce. There's a lot of emotion and you're looking for a, a new house and have to take your stuff and who's taking what. So how do you do that so you can make a logical, reasonable decision? Well, I think that's a great example of if we can turn off our emotion brain mm -hmm. and tune into our frontal lobe logic brain, we are going to make better decisions for ourselves. So I agree. I think especially when you're going through a divorce, I know with a lot of the single women I've worked with, the big question is, do I rent or do I buy? Right. Mm. And people have asked me this over and over and I always will start tapping with them and just do tapping on, I, you know, I'm not sure the best decision for me here. And what happens is, is when you clear the fear away, then 
this insight can drop in. It, it sort of creates this vacuum when you take out the emotional fear. A lot of women are afraid that if they buy, maybe they're going to get stuck in something and then they're going to meet, you know, a, a new partner and have to move quickly. Or a lot of um, women are afraid that if they rent, they're going to have to move again and go through all this emotional turmoil of having to pack up and move again. And both of those things are could be true for either people. So the question is, is what is your, can you tap into your wisest self, your sort of goddess, inner goddess wise sure. wisdom and figure out what's best for you. And I think the only way to tap into your true sort of intuition and wisdom is by clearing what doesn't serve, which is usually fear or resentment or anger. You know, some people sometimes will make a decision just to kind of tick off their, you know, soon well, to be ex what it sounds to me is the tapping, it's giving people empowerment or it's allowing them to feel empowered in making the right decisions and taking the emotion out of it and making the next steps. Because let's say that we have uh, an individual who is going through a divorce, looking for their next home. And that next home, they have a choice. They can either rent or they can buy. Um, and for them, if they buy, and let's just assume that the finances are in order and there's no issues. I think there's some fear for people that to buy after getting a divorce because they're going to get this sense of empowerment that they've never had before. And they've not experienced that feeling. And there's actually a fear of having that feeling. Yes, you know, so. yes, absolutely. I'm so loving that you're saying this because <laughs> I think this is one thing people don't often see. You know, we all are familiar with the fear of failure mm -hmm. and everybody sort of knows that. But what you're talking about is the fear of success. Right. And a lot of people have that fear and most of us don't realize it. People have a fear of being seen. People have a fear of, of sort of living bigger, right? Living an expanded life. And especially if you kind of maybe went from a young person, maybe in college, to right into your marriage, and now suddenly you're in your 40s or your 50s and you're on your own for the first time. You know, I personally know I went from having my dad do my taxes to my ex-husband do my taxes. And the first time I did my taxes post-divorce, it was a very empowering <laughs> feeling, right? But it was also scary. You know, I, sure. I, I hesitated sure. to do it. Yeah, of course. So yeah, I think that Buying your own house and being that empowered sort of goddessy right. self can feel really scary, even though it's exciting. So sometimes we are afraid of good things. And so you can tap on that. You can tap on any sort of resistance or block that might be holding you back. Uh -huh. And when you clear the emotion around the resistance or the block, it's usually easier to step into that life that right. you actually that do That just sounds, you know... I think everybody knows, and anybody who knows me, I, I don't have certain blocks or fears, but I actually do in some things, you know, aside from planes uh, and snakes. <laughs> um, but uh, do, when you're doing the tapping, does the tapping always have to be consistent? Let's say it's like a three or four different types of fears or anxieties. Is it different for the type of fear, the type of tapping that you do? Um, no, that's a good question. Originally, the guy who created this um, technique sort of originally, originally, he called it something else, TFT, and that's what he did. He had sort of an algorithm for, mm -hmm. for A problem, you tap B order. And then in the 1980s, along came a guy who studied under him named Gary Craig. And Gary Craig was a mechanical engineer turned life coach, basically. Oh, and so he 
looked at this complicated technique and he said, I wonder if we just tap the same points every time in the same order if we'd get the same results. Mm-hmm. And turns out, yes. And to add in all the points only took a few more seconds. So that is what they've discovered. And just to be clear for your listeners, there's tons of research on the effectiveness of this. People often ask me, oh, is it just because I'm distracting myself with my thoughts? No, it's not. They have done uh, blood tests and saliva tests pre and post tapping sessions. They've had people tapping on random points versus these very specific acupressure points. People who tap on the random points do not show significant changes. People who tap on the specific acupressure points, their cortisol levels drop by an average of 24%, up to 50% in individuals in wow. one tapping session. So this isn't some kind of like guru stuff. This is actually scientifically proven, backed up with data, and can be actually measured. Yes, so, absolutely. Yeah, that's awesome. I got another question for you. Mm-hmm. How do you know how to decorate a new house for you and not a potential spouse? Or at least how do you decorate for you and keeping it open for a potential spouse, if that's what you want, a potential spouse? And this is the point of the conversation that you want a potential spouse. So, but you still want to do it for you, not for somebody else, because you lived with somebody else for a very long time. Obviously, that didn't work out. And now you're on your own and you want everything flowers and daisies <laughs> everywhere very girly yes, yes. very laura ashley <laughs> and so how do you make it so it's inviting for someone well i think that the most important thing is that you live your life in the present and if in the present you are living alone and it makes you happy to make your space very girly. I know I did that. I know I have uh, one of my dear friends who hurt. I mean, when you walk in, it is, you know, fuzzy pillows and yeah. white and fluffy and just Love it. super feminine. Um, and, and I think you also just own that you have flexibility and just know that you – you might be decorating your space for you right now to bring about your most happiness and your sort of highest vibe goddess happiness. And also that if someone comes along in a year or two, that you'd be willing to change it up. So maybe don't buy a $5,000 painting that's super sure. feminine, right? Yeah, but yeah. maybe go out and buy a bunch of new girly throw pillows because that makes you happy, right? Of course. So that would be my advice. And for those of you out there that are happily married and not planning on leaving your husbands uh, and you want that space for yourself, shall I consider or recommend to you the she shed. I'm telling you, I think it's a really great idea. If men can have the basement, I think we can have a she shed. I love it. Um, so what advice do you have for men dating a newly divorced woman who is striking, striking it out on her own? Well, I think that the best thing that they can do is just really honor themselves and mm. the woman. And by honoring that, usually that means listening to boundaries and not taking it personal. I think one really tricky thing about being midlife and dating is most people have kids. And if somebody, if you're dating somebody new and they're not ready to bring you around their kids, or maybe they're not even just ready to bring you in their home, which I think for women, our home is mm-hmm. very intimate space. Just respect that boundary and know that it's not personal. It's just a way that, you know, this 
woman feels is best for her to take her time. You know, we've all, if we're single in midlife, we've either had failed relationships or we haven't had a stable, strong, long-lasting relationship. And so everybody has baggage in a way that you don't have when you're younger, right? Or you don't, you're not aware of perhaps. And so I just think it's best to just kind of understand that there's going to be, it's just going to be different. It's not the same as when you were dating in your twenties and people might be more cautious because of some heartbreak they've experienced in the past Mm -hmm. and just honor it and take your time. I, one of the chapters in my book, I talk about that life is really a journey. It's not a destination. And if people get so focused on the destination of jumping into the next relationship again, I think they really miss out. They might make wrong choices because it might be coming out of a fear of being alone. And they might sort of be, you know, push something that isn't ready to be pushed. And so I think if everybody can just shift to, it's just about the journey. And if the journey is being single, that's where you are. And if the journey is being dating right now, that's where you are. And if the journey is being a part of a long-term relationship, that's great too. But don't just try to force yourself to get to the destination. I tell a story in there about how I went I went hiking Machu Picchu with these people and I thought we were hiking to have an experience and they were like shot out of a cannon, hiking up the mountain as fast as they could and trying to get to the uh, Yeah, but that was just they just wanted to do that checklist. That's exactly. all that was. You know, in a very similar way, I have these discussions with my clients. There's some clients that they're ready to buy. They just want to buy right then and there. And I think it's a lot of because all the friends got married and they all got married at the same time then all had children at the same time. And now it's buying the first time house or the move up house after that. And it's, it's just kind of a checklist. And sometimes I do have to pull them back and say, you're not ready. You're buying a house that's not going to make you happy. It doesn't have anything of what you want in it. So why are we doing this? You know, so sometimes that happens, not all the time, but sometimes it does. Now, before the broadcast, uh, you were telling me about an analogy that you used about decorating a living room and dating. Can you tell me about that analogy? Yeah, I talk about this with my clients a lot because I think that typically when we're going to uh, renovate our house or decorate a new space, we sort of start with a mental plan, right? Rarely do people go about and just sort of like, randomly start buying stuff for a new space, right? You you begin with a plan and you think about how do I want to feel in this space? How do I want? And so I use a living room mm-hmm. for an easy example or a she shed, right? <laughs> I love the she shed. I don't have one, but I really want one. Right. It actually, yeah. I am going to go with that because I, lo- I can even just see in your face and hear in your voice. I know. That's what I'm I talking I live with about. three men. <laughs> of course. Oh, I understand. Yeah. And, and so what, what do you do when you're even starting to think about it? You feel into it, right? I can see mm-hmm. it in your face right now. You're like, oh, she said, it's going to feel blank, right? Mm-hmm. It's going to feel all these things, calm, maybe uh, serenity, peaceful. So you start to imagine how you want to feel in that space before you buy anything to redo that space, right? even before you pick out a paint color, right? 
And if you want it to be more warm, you're going to pick a paint color with warm tones. And if you want it to be more sort of modern and minimalistic, maybe mm. you're going to pick out cool tones, you know? Right. So what I tell my clients is I want them to do the same thing before they start dating, because it's really easy to go out there and just start dating and not have any idea what you're actually looking for mm -hmm. and getting sucked into a potentially bad situation because you're not really grounded in what it is you want that's going to make you happy. So just like you wouldn't start buying stuff for a new living room without having a sense or a she shed without yeah. having a sense of how right. you want it to feel, I encourage my clients to sit down and really think about the qualities in the human being that they are looking for, not just how this man is with you, but how mm -hmm. he is with everyone, how he treats the, you know, Uber driver or the bus boy or right. right so, right, sure. And, and their values that are the most important values to you, you know, what are they? First of all, do we even know like our top five or 10 values? I encourage women to find that first, write those down. Cause I think when you write things down, it sort of sends a signal out to the universe and really have an idea. Most importantly, how is it you want to feel in your next relationship? What are the emotions that you want to experience on the regular? And then have that vision before you go out and start dating, just like you have a vision for your she shed before yeah. you go out and start shopping for it. First, I got to build it. <laughs> <laughs> well, Allison, thank you so much for joining me today. I really appreciate it. You're absolutely amazing. I've learned a lot, uh, even from our chat before the broadcast and now, and I've got tons more questions to ask you, but I don't want to bore everybody about my she shed issues. Uh, now, if more people want to check you out, get more information or reach out to you, what is the best way to do that? So the best way to reach me is through my website, which is learn to date like a goddess.com. And also, Connie, I'm going to offer for any listeners who are interested in my book, they can get a free download of my ebook. Wow. From my website. I love freebies. <laughs> yeah. And of course, they can contact me there. So yeah, I really, I want people to read this and to clear their blocks and fears about dating oh. and to really understand that even though nobody planned to be single at midlife, it can actually be a wonderful thing once you can clear some of the grief and fears and sadness that you maybe have before you start dating. So I want to offer that to everybody. You're just truly wonderful and amazing. Thank you again for joining us. And everybody out there, uh, you just go to her website or you can even contact me and I'll make sure that you get that free book because it is wonderful. My husband did get a little worried when he saw it on the coffee table at home. I assured him that nothing was going to happen as long as he got my glass of wine on the table ready for me by 6 p.m. every night. Anyway, thanks again, everybody, for listening. Have a great week and see you next time.